1: Hello, you are joining me for episode 221 of the blended family podcast. I hope that you're doing well. I don't know if you caught last week, we put out a special COVID-19 episode with my friend Carrie, and I hope that you got a chance to check it out. And I hope that any of that information was helpful to you as we are all navigating these crazy changes Day by day in the world and trying to manage our blended families. And I know that it's definitely been a challenge in my home. And I know it's been for a lot of you guys as well because we've been speaking to some of you. So I know what everyone is going through. These are some trying times for sure. I know that we are having trouble with the homeschooling for one of the kids. She's having a terrible time of it. And I know. Some other people around here are as well. I don't know how you're doing. I'm thankful that we only have one doing the online school right now. I feel for all you parents. I know that these are some hard times, but I want you all to hang in there. Uh, There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel that things are going to turn around soon. And my only advice with all of this is to just try to keep a positive attitude as much as you can, right? I know that's really easier said than done. We're struggling over here with trying to keep our minds straight. We have some days that we feel really positive and some days we just don't. I don't know if I told you this, but we had to shut down our cleaning business last week. And so that was pretty tough for us. It was bittersweet, even though we want it. Ultimately, we wanted to shut it down. Uh, just not like this and not so suddenly. And so It's been just really strange sitting around the house all week when I'm not used to being idle. That I think is my biggest problem out of anything is the feeling of being idle and not being used to that and trying to not feel guilty about it because every time I'm not working, I feel like I should be working or doing something towards some of my other businesses instead of just sitting down and reading a book. So Sean and I had a big talk the other day. I woke up feeling pretty out of sorts and you know, he he made me feel better about the whole thing. And really, what is wrong with me taking a break? I've been working so hard for so many years trying to balance multiple businesses. Why is it wrong for me to sit down and read a book or for me to just do something that I want to do that is not revolving around work? So, in case nobody's given you permission, I'm giving you permission today, because my husband gave it to me, and I, I couldn't give it to myself, I guess, that take this time to rest some, right? Because coming out of the gate of this, we're all going to be back at work. And we maybe will wish that we had rested, or maybe we'll wish that we had taken some more time to do something that we wanted to do for ourselves. So That's my only piece of advice with that. I did another Facebook Live this week. So if you're not in our private Facebook group, you need to head over there and join blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. It's a really great group, especially because... We really try to eliminate all of the negativity. I actually have more time now to be heading into that group. I know for a while I wasn't really able to moderate. I did jump on there the other day, and I noticed that there were some people posting things that are against the rules. Every time I take my eyes off of it for a moment, I I see that people are trying to come in there and promote their own things. And recently there was a bunch of religious stuff posted, and so I wanted to apologize For that, I did, um, hopefully, I think I went in there and got rid of all of those. And again, I have no problem with religion or anybody's choice of their own personal religion, but it's just really not the place to be putting it out there in the Facebook group. You've got to remember that everyone has differing opinions on these things, and religion and politics should probably really stay out of our blended family group. So I just wanted to let you know that. But I did a Facebook Live because I wanted to let you guys know some exciting news that I've opened up some specials for the coaching for this month only. I'm home now. I'm home a lot more. I have more time on my hands, a lot more time to be creating content for the podcast and working on my financial company. But I thought I love coaching you guys, and usually it's just a time constraint. So now I have opened up my schedule drastically. So if you go in there now and try to book something, you'll see that there's way more availability, as well as I've slashed the prices to almost half. So normally you'd be paying $95 a session, and it's now $60 a session, as well as I've even slashed down the bundles. So if you get a five-pack bundle, you're basically going to be paying $50 a session, and I know this special is only for the month of April. That means you purchase during the month of April, but keep in mind, you can book those sessions out as far as you need to book them. So obviously, you're not gonna to want to buy five sessions and use them all up in the month of April. That would be kind of crazy for both of us. So yes, you can purchase them now. You can save them up and use them for later. It's just one of the ways that I wanted to give back to you guys so that everybody really has an opportunity, especially now because I know that with having the family home and the kids home, sometimes that brings a lot of things to the surface. You realize what's been not working in your blended family or what you really need to change now. So I'm here to help you with that, not only to make changes in your blended family if necessary, but also just to help you cope. One of the biggest things I do in coaching is just help you deal with what is going on around you and help you find peace around it. And we've had a lot of success with that with our previous clients. So please head over and check it out. And I also want you to check it out anyway, because I spent a lot of time this week redoing that whole platform, the platform that I was using. I really didn't like the interface. Uh, I just felt like it was very complicated, not so much for you guys, but for me. And it's something that I've been wanting to do. So I had time to do it. So I was able to create a new page. It looks really pretty. I want you guys to check it out. Additionally, don't forget we have our free financial reviews. And you can book that there as well. And there's no charge for our financial coaching. And there's no obligation to buy or anything like that. We're just really more of an educational-based financial company. We're going to talk to you. We're going to help you out. We're going to maybe point you in the right direction and uh, set you on a clear path. Whatever your questions might be around that, whether it's retirement issues, life insurance issues, savings, whatever it is, investing, we can help you. So I want you please to head on over to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. That's blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule to check out the new page. Listen, go check it out. Even if you don't wanna book anything right now, go check it out. Let me know what you think because I worked pretty hard on it and I think that it came out really good. So I'm really looking forward to working with more of you guys one-on-one in the next coming months. Okay, so the next thing I just wanted to ask you guys is to please share your COVID-19 helpful advice, helpful tips. What are you doing to keep the kids busy? What are you doing to help with schoolwork? Any kind of advice or tips you can share, I want you to send them to me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. If you don't want to send them to me, if you are part of the Facebook group, go ahead and post there. Let's just try to really uh, be a resource for one another right now and help each other get through these crazy times. Uh, Today, I have an interview for you. I'm getting back to, well, I'm getting to my backlog, I should say, of old interviews. And now I only have a handful left. So this one in particular was recorded back in July. So my apologies to Ben and Kelly for waiting this long to get out your episode. You all know what's taking me so long between health issues and everything else. So we're getting to those right now. And I think that if you're having any kind of child support issues in your blended family right now, you're definitely going to want to stay on this call and listen to this. Uh, This couple has they have a very unusual, I I guess I shouldn't say it's unusual, but a very difficult story of child support. And uh, I'm hoping it's unusual. I'm hoping that a lot of you aren't dealing with this, but a lot of you probably are. So if you're having any issues with that, you definitely want to listen to Ben and Kelly. And just please go ahead and share and rate this show with others so that we can reach as many people as we possibly can, leave me a review. BlendedFamilyPodcast.com slash iTunes is the place to go to leave a review, to rate the podcast, or to share it with others. So that is all for my announcements today. Please shoot me a line. Send me an email. Let me know how you guys are doing. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Let me know if there's a topic that you want me to cover. Any kind of feedback is welcomed. Again, it's melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. If you forgot any of these links or you need to see them, just scroll down in the show notes. You will see all the links, or you can always visit us at the podcast, blendedfamilypodcast.com, for all the information that you possibly want to know. I love you guys so much. Please stay well and enjoy this interview with Ben and Kelly. Hi, everyone. You're joining me for another co-host show. And today I've got Ben and Kelly, a wonderful couple out in Minnesota. And they're here to share their story of a terrible child support issue that they've been dealing with in the hopes that it can help everybody else. And I'm going to let them tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks for
0: having us. (laughs)
1: Of course, of course. I'm so happy that you guys are here because there's so many blended families that are really suffering with child support issues. I know that we've had some trouble of our own just in many different ways with the system itself. And I know that people are really struggling and things get messed up a lot of times with child support. So I'm really glad that you guys are here to kind of uh, share your experience and what's helped you and not so. But first, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourselves and how you met? So we
2: met um, at the apartment building that Ben uh, had owned or still owns, but I was living there as a tenant. So it was kind of a unique situation, and we became friends. And then kind of realized that we were both going through a different different types of separations, but both from long term relationships. And just kind of we had a friendship grow through that. And then you know we both had. A, you know, we both had boys and it just, we had a lot in common. So it kind of grew and we gave ourselves a lot, a lot of time um, to kind of figure each other out. And we we wanted to do it right next time. And, you know, the fact that we were going through things kind of right then, we just, we really took our time to get to know each other and kind of set some good ground for oh, for yeah. a relationship coming up. And then we went on a date and it was it was really good and it just kept going and we kept questioning and making sure Very specific about what
0: we wanted from each other and what we didn't want in a relationship. And I think that helped us uh, figure out that we were really good for each other.
2: Yeah. It was clear pretty early that being, being in a relationship and doing it the right way was the top priority for us. And, you know, having kids involved in that and just having two different types of, dynamics with our kids and our setup, it it just it we really kind of it just ended up working out really well. So that's the my
1: That's really good actually because so many people get divorced and they don't do the logical thinking that needs to go along with that. And they end up rushing sometimes into things without really thinking it through. Right. And blended families are so difficult and challenging. And so many of us jump into it head first just thinking that everything's going to be great. And it's really cool that you guys thought about it at first and made sure that you were making the right decisions for yourselves. Tell me about the kids. How many kids do you guys have?
0: Well, we have, uh, I have two boys and they're 17 and 15, full of opinions. (laughs) Then there's an 11-year-old boy. And then we have a little girl, first girl in my family of the seven boys on the way in September.
1: Wow. Well, congratulations on that. That's really exciting. How did the older boys feel about a little girl coming in?
0: Um, not as excited as us, (laughs) you know, because they're dealing with everything at the same time. Um, but it's, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, but we were, you know, we have some of the kids are really open and talk about it and I feel they get through a little better. And then the 17 year old, um, he just wants nothing to do with any adult. So he
2: really hasn't said a word about
0: the baby. So Um, we don't know if
1: it's going to blow up later if he just doesn't. We're not 100%
0: sure (laughs) if he's that upset or he's just going on with his own life.
1: Well, what I've seen from a lot of the other families in the community is that when they brought a child into the family together, when they had, you know, the separate kids, they come together and have a new child, it kind of bridges a gap and it kind of brings everybody really closer together because now there's something in common that everybody has, something that that everybody loves and it kind of just really helps mesh everybody together. That's what I've heard. And hopefully it'll be that way for you guys too. And I think that it's a girl is going to be a good thing because, you know, you can't resist an adorable little girl when you're a big brother.
2: Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, Ben's really good about reminding me that 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 isn't going to happen right now because you know, like you said, everybody's getting their opinions out. We have three different kids reacting three completely different ways. You know, my 11 year old is over the moon because he has a different relationship
1: with us because he's here more and he's been an only child. So he loves the idea. And he's Uh, a little younger too. So he still hasn't gone through his puberty yet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm glad it hit him at that point. We have to see them more, but um, but yeah, I think after she's here, you know, Ben is good about reminding me and even even them when necessary. You know, like it's just going to be okay. You'll see. You'll see. You know, it's hard to see some. You know, to believe in something during a hard time when you don't know what to expect and you're trying to deal with the other things first. And, you know, I think it'll be good.
1: Yeah. And when you're pregnant, it's, it's hard sometimes to see things a certain way because of the hormones and you worry so much, but everything's going to be just fine. I'm sure of it. And I know you're due soon, you're due in September. So that's really, really close. Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> So let's get to a little bit of why you're really here, because this is some important stuff, and I know you have a difficult story to tell. So Ben, why don't you share a little bit, because I know you, and only share what you're comfortable with, but I know you had a pretty contentious divorce. So please share what you can tell us, describe to us the situation of what happened uh, and how things got to where they're at.
0: Okay, so I'll do as, you know, as good as I can. And, and, and obviously, I'm speaking from a layman's term, you know, I'm not a lawyer. But I think this will help people, you know, to when they're in a divorce. And, and I think the first thing I have to point out is that during this time, anybody going through that, uh, a, a divorce like that, and especially I think I was the person that would have probably, we were in therapy, and I probably would have stayed together for the kids. So you know, all of a sudden you have to make this thing. You have to write this decree and you have to decide where the money goes, you know, and you're not at your best. I don't think anybody's at their best in a a, you know, as far as making decisions about money at this stage. So, you know, just a few things like, I think it's important to understand the decree. You know, I read through it, you know, we had her lawyer draw it up and I said, just have it right up. I was completely only concerned about the kids. I really, keep them in the house that they were in um, i really wanted to keep them in the school system they were in um, and, and you know these are, that's all i thought about you know um, so made a really big commitment as far as 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 you know five or even six times the normal amount that you would pay for child support um,
2: but it was factored in they owned they owned property together so all of those things kind of came into play um, it wasn't just like creating a number out of nowhere; they kind of had these other verbal agreements that were a part of that calculation, and you know it all seemed amicable and but it, there was a lot of property division stuff too that factored in, which kind of kind of made it a little sticky.
1: I did think. you feel at that time at the time of the settlement, did you feel that it was a fair number at that time
0: no i i, I you know i i I didn't necessarily feel that, but I felt like, um, you know, I'm, I should just push through for this because it's, I'm, I'm wasting no money. If I commit money to right. my not keeping in mind, um, you know, then my ex got married within six months after that.
2: There was an uh, affair
0: and there was an affair and she got married within six months. So they had prepared, um, that this was going to happen, you know? Um, and then, you know, simple things like, You know, the money you commit, if you're committing it to your kids, you know, it, it got written down in the creed, it's only for the kids. But what I was basically doing with keeping the house is saying this is for spousal support as well. Oh, wow. And then since then, I've learned that, listen, if you, if you, I mean, you can, you know, yeah, in your decree, I mean, you can define what it goes to. I mean, I if you get remarried, then this amount could be less. I think that's a responsible move, you know. If you're by yourself um, and you have to live in this house and you're not working, then this is the amount. But if you get remarried and or your income changes, I think it's just you leave the door open because going back to court and trying to change it, I found, especially if there is a – deviation to the normal decree, you know, what the, what, you know, states uh, stipulates that it should be, it is very hard. Um,
2: Well, and so basically that's what, in retrospect, what he would have done, but in their decree, they, they actually didn't have any, um, they didn't have any lawyers with at the time of the decree saying, because like I said, you know, it all seemed amicable and, you know, he didn't know that she, you know, that she had these other plans, which came out later, but, um, So when their decree was written, the extra money, you know, there was what the state had calculated based on their incomes after the property split. And they even, you know, they they actually gave her zero because they weren't ready to define her income. So they just gave her zero as if she made no money, which wasn't true, but that was the first mistake that having a lawyer there would have benefited them. And they basically gave all of the income from the buildings that they ended up separating to Ben. So it was already we an split unfair. It down the, middle.
0: the property was put down the middle.
2: Right. So the equity was divided equally, but the income was all awarded to Ben and zero was awarded to her. And that, you know, th- that was, that was basically just to put numbers in a slot because they believed that, you know, they would just work something out and they just kind of, you know,
1: so anyway, yeah.
2: so they, um, when she, when they wrote the decree, they put the spousal maintenance, you know, she states, and although she states in there, you know, this amount goes to the kids, the rest is for her that's written in there, but they grouped it under the child support category, not spousal maintenance. So in going back to court to try to modify that, that. You know, when she got remarried, it would have been a no-brainer, and that right. spousal maintenance chunk would have gone away, but it was written wrong to begin with. So that was where, you know, the mess of the court system really came into play, and um, just it was just really unfortunate.
1: But like so. you said, it seems like a no-brainer. So, so in other words... That, that just makes total sense to anyone looking at that, that it was set up. You can't, can't they see that it was set up the wrong way in the first place? Can't, why can't they modify that? I know you said that you've had trouble getting it modified. So tell me what their reasoning is, why that cannot be fixed.
0: Okay. So, you know, uh, it, it, first of all, I'm going to mention here, you know, you automatically trust the court system and you think, okay, well, they going to understand and they'll be helpful. Um, and my lawyer is going to understand, um, and get me exactly what I want. That's not necessarily true. You know, we had the judge. That he was in circulation, and he had come from a, a small crimes court in circulation, and he just started family court. So he basically didn't understand. He was asking the lawyers explain decrees to me and explain upward deviations to me. Um, so we were sitting in a court system that we thought everybody there knew what was going on, and they didn't. Mm. So that's the that's the the, the, the first thing. Um, you know, and then secondly, the definition of things like who's going to pay for college you know you don't think about those things immediately who who's going to pay for college how's medical defined you know are we going to split big extra medical costs mm-hmm. you know um, you know sports equipment you know are, 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 are does this include you know sporting equipment or not you know and and I just think it would really help someone to just take the extra little bit of time and make sure that you define all the costs that are actually involved.
2: Yeah. So that, and that was, you know, we had asked for that for her to kind of give a list of where all of this money was going. And she refused because, you know, it felt like an attack on her, but um, do you want to say the amount? (laughs) Oh, sure. It's so, I mean, and this was negotiated with them for, you know, over a year before, and it was talked down, but originally she had asked for, Eight thousand dollars to cover the a month to cover her mortgage the needs of the kids, which she defined as only two thousand dollars a month. Um, You know, (sighs) after a year, they yeah they talked it down and they agreed on five thousand dollars a month in child support um, so that she could keep the house and you know the three thousand was for her, the two thousand was for the kids. But um, you know the lifestyles are really oh and in addition he is also obligated to pay their full medical health insurance and um, any half of any unreimbursed medical expenses or which dental, which dental or dental expenses, but yeah. which is fine that's fair and that was that was assigned but you know her she had jumped insurances onto her new husband right after and so obviously they he signed up for a higher um, medical support obligation in addition to the five thousand dollars a month, which can't be modified when they switched to hit her husband's new insurance, and it went down from you know four hundred to one hundred and fifty. And so, originally she had gone to him, and there was a verbal understanding not to worry about paying the extra health insurance because the five grand would be sufficient enough. But when he went back to modify. Then she said, well, you haven't paid me healthcare. If you want to play it like that, then, you know, I'm going to come after you for that. And, you know, it was a verbal agreement. It doesn't hold up at all. So he had, you know, he's had to.
1: So So as a side note for, for the listeners, for anybody who thinks that you have an amicable situation going on, learn from Ben and Kelly and many other people. Listen, my my husband as well, he marched into the court with his ex-wife. They were laughing. They were having a great time. They they were more, you know, friends than anything else, right? And so they marched in there like everything was fine and But you don't think, you don't realize that moving forward, that one day things might not be so amicable and don't get comfortable because you just don't know. Because as soon as somebody maybe starts to date or the first conflict comes up, a disagreement with the kids, things quickly turn from amicable to not. And then there goes everything out the window. So if you guys hear anything today, that's the number one tip that I want to give you is do not think that you can handle this on your own without at least a mediator or a lawyer present to kind of help you along because you think that everything's friendly and things don't always stay that way so I just wanted to say that really quick and the other thing I want to ask you is I mean why is why was it your responsibility to pay for her mortgage or is that just the kindness of your heart to make sure the kids stayed in that house
0: oh no listen this was absolute kindness I mean we had a yeah. mediator and in, in, in we went to appeals court well, and he after, was a retired, yeah. he was a retired judge and he, he after was the at, modification. Uh, after yeah. the modification and he went from one, um, uh, you know, room w- where we were sitting into their room and, you know, trying to mediate and he came back after the first thing and he said, what were you thinking? <laughs> so by no means am I saying I did the, I, I, I did the, this was a sharp move. You know, I, yeah it was in that emotional condition. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think the people, you know, often I think breadwinners feel like it's still their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think maybe that should change a little bit. Like when you split up, you know what I mean? You should, you know, the household should take responsibility. Um, You know, both households should take financial responsibility. I don't think it should be on one person. I feel like there's a lot of people in my situation. now have learned and we're very positive about a small budget. But uh, be careful, you know,
1: it's it's absolutely true is that you don't think anything like that is going to happen You try to be very friendly. The problem with that is we all you know, there's First of all, I think that I have the most amazing community in the world in this group And so I will say that mostly everybody I believe wants to really do the right thing but we forget that sometimes the X spouse or the ex-partner is not going to do the right thing along with us. So here you were trying to do the right thing, trying to be helpful, trying to make sure that everything is taken care of, but then you were completely taken advantage of. And that's, you know, that's a problem. So tell me what is the relationship like with her now? Because you, you guys have to feel completely taken advantage of. And I know that it's got to be a struggle when you're, you're paying so much out. And then, I mean, let me ask you this, is your own family suffering? in your own house because of the money that you're paying out.
0: Okay. I'll answer the first question. This was a, um, we're dealing with a toxic person. In other words, a person that has, um, more than just one issue. Um, we've had to do things like cut communication off completely.
2: Yeah. good
0: Only by email. Um, because you know, it, 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 it runs into your family if you have this toxic person that wants to degrade everybody, you know, verbally um, or financially. You know, then it creeps into your own family. And we've done a we've done a really good job with it. Um, um, you know, with cutting and but that was one of the better things to do is put those boundaries up. And 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 we would have done it earlier, but I've definitely that was one of the best things to do. I
2: th- yeah, and I think there was a lot of manipulation to that led into getting him to agree to that number because she knew how his heart was and she knew what she wanted and i mean my point here isn't really to badmouth her because obviously i'm the you know but it's it's more just to show what could be there because you you don't you don't think that about people that you're supposed to be working with you want to think that they're you know that they're not going to do that to somebody and he want you know he would have liked to believe that she wouldn't do that to him because the whole focus was the kids not them yeah. and um, i think you know it's it's not only as far as where the money affects us as a family now and her kids going forward when they're here you know we can't afford to do anything it's it's all it's basically all of our income and it's not so much you know we've gotten used to budgeting and being really thrifty and we've become like master you know at yeah. home daters so we can save money to you know and not go out We outside. buy we
0: buy kids golf clubs kids sporting equipment at used stores I mean we go, we get you know out of goodwills and stuff is where a lot of stuff comes from um it just has to be that way I'll play golf with my kids and my boys both work um, and they're used to a much higher income there. Mm-hmm. And I've had to say, listen, we can play a really nice golf course or a medium, you know, uh, a nice golf course, but you have to pay for yourself. Right. And and but, but the good thing about it is my kids have taken that on like that. They've said, okay, dad, we don't, they don't ask me for anything because they know we don't have it. Then don't ask, you know, to go out a nice restaurant. They offer to pay for themselves and they're 15 and 17. We've just had to make it be that way.
2: Which ended up, I think, being kind of, you know, a blessing in disguise where that's probably a good lesson for them to learn anyway. You know, the house that, that they were, that he was, he agreed to pay extra for, for them to stay in. She sold that right after the divorce was finalized oh, oh God. And, bought, and bought a house that's worth over two and a half million dollars, you know, so it's, oh. it's kind of like, you know, you don't really want them to have that idea of life either. So yeah. I think that, you know, by us having to, <laughs> really figure out how to be thrifty. And, you know, it's not, you know, that works fine. That's, I think with a positive attitude, we've learned how to just make that work. But the hardest part, I think where it starts to bleed into them is not only do we have to do things that way and we're trying to stay positive, but she's insulting about it, you know? So she'll insult us to the kids and you know, why do they, why didn't they, you know, plan spring break better? And it's like, well, we don't have freedom and You know, like that's the hardest thing, and you know, she and I, I I do our money, I I do our finances, um, for our business, and you know, I send her the support payment every month, and you know, so we've, I've had to communicate with her, and I knew her also from you know living in the buildings before Ben and I, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: before that was a while I'd been I'd lived there a while, so she was you know I have my own you know we didn't have too much of a relationship, but it it just, it wasn't good from the start anyway. But you know, I've been nice to her and we kind of were amicable for a while. And it was like, okay, let's strictly business of its money and scheduling. And that's all she wanted. And I don't think she likes that, you know, it has to go through me, but that's, everyone has their strengths and scheduling and finances are, that's just what I do and she gets frustrated when Ben doesn't give her the right details and so I think the hardest thing for the kids is that um you know not only do we not have the money to give them things we want to give them but it's getting insulted and you know it's the asking for more money that you know and it just it just creates well, it a wall there.
0: It definitely affects your business so, so we are on apartment a and we try to grow our you know our business to make this a better situation and I was shopping around for obviously commercial loans um, and you know people should not forget that if you have a high child support, it really affects you know residential because we 've had to do a contract for eating in our house because we couldn 't get a loan and then I bought some property you know rental property uh, down in Florida, and no one would give me a loan because of the size of my child support the relation of child support as to, as opposed to um, income a monthly income so it, it affects everything I you mean get, I mean you, 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 you can not buy cars you right. can not buy you know it affects just about everything and so. you get
2: taxed on that money you get yeah, taxed that's
0: what you don't you know so you, you know figure out your taxes on
2: because that money has to come from your income you know it, it actually um, Since they, you know, since they own the business together, it was at first was coming out of his business accounts as not, not, not. I don't remember how. You can't how. do that. You
0: still pay taxes on it. Too. Well, yeah, it's but she does. You know,
2: whoever is receiving it doesn't doesn't get taxed. At least not in Minnesota. You don't get taxed for receiving child support, but you do get taxed for paying it. So that's
0: it's over it's sixty grand
2: a
1: month that gets taxed. That she did. <laughs> you know, she doesn't factor that in. So, you know that yeah i i understand that we have um we have a a similar issue where we've got some back child support that isn't accurate but it got logged into the system that way years ago because we didn't have a lawyer and uh regardless we can't get a passport now my husband can't get a passport now because it's showing that he's over 20,000 in arrears which isn't oh. even accurate but until that is fixed with a lawyer or whatever. And, and his whole case is messed up too. So I understand how it affects, it can affect every part of your life. And it's really, really troubling. Um, I want to ask you this because your sons are getting older, uh, 15 and 17 years old. So you're, you're actually getting, you can probably see the light at the end of the tunnel. But what I want to know is what do they know? Because growing up living with a toxic mother, they've got to know already by this age that she is toxic. They've got to know that the insults that she hurls are not accurate. And they have to realize that by, by spending time there and spending time with you. But are they aware of the massive child support amount that you're paying to their mom? Do they know?
0: I've I, I told them everything. I, I, I try to keep it quiet for a while, and then I've told them everything. You know, and, the, and I have a better relationship with one kid than the other. I don't love one kid more than the other, but it's like any parent, we all struggle with a situation with the one kid we get along with, mm-hmm. or, you know, better than the other. Um, so Charlie, my oldest, will not necessarily talk. I, mean, I, I think he's probably going to explode at, at some stage, you know, and, uh, um, and read me my rights. But, but Hayden, the younger one, we talk about everything, every single thing. And it just, you know, it, it it always ends up like nothing is going to ruin our relationship, you know. And he will say to me that he's actually asked me questions like, "Dad, where are the boundaries of verbal abuse?" You know. Wow. He's said, what, 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 "Where does that start?" You know. Um, and that was pretty recent, too. Yeah, you know. Um, so. You know, and that toxicity bleeds into everywhere. But, but you know, they if kids are comfortably money-wise and their room is really nice and there's a really nice house, it's not a bad situation for a kid. They can deal with a little more than that. It's still comfortable for them, you know. So uh, it could be worse. They could have no money over there. So...
1: Well, I think it's good that you were honest with them. You know, I, I I don't agree with bad-mouthing parents and I don't agree with being poisonous, but I do think that it's okay to be honest. Without You don't have to put somebody down, but you can still be honest about what the facts are and they should know. And that really helps them to know because then when you guys can't afford to do things, they actually understand that instead of giving you a hard time, they're being really good about it. And trust me, you know, unfortunately it's sad but true mom is digging her own grave with them because that's what happens with toxic moms you know that that the kids eventually realize what's going on and you don't have to say a word about it you know and it's sad but that's just the way that it goes you know so but i'm glad that that the boys are understanding and that things are going really well in your house i'm actually really impressed with the two of you the way that you're handling yourselves and making things work after having to sacrifice so, so much. So what, what is in store moving forward? Do you guys have any plans or is this, you just have to, what do you have? Three more years left of this?
0: Yeah, three more years. And you know, we have, you keep a lawyer on tab. That's just the way it goes. (laughs) You're always communicating with them, you know, and, um, when Charlie graduates, maybe a year later, I'm gonna take a serious look just because, you know, it's such a big amount and Well there just, will be
2: two years left.
0: Yeah, two years left after that. And just the, see if yeah. we can make a small change. I also only see my boys every second weekend, you know, and I just oh man, I I suffer really bad. I would like to see them more. Um I you know, we but we we're creative. Like I'd be like, Do you wanna go hit some balls? Do you wanna play some tennis, you know, as in you know, then they'll meet me there and that's a time to see them. So
2: um, outside of, of.
0: but I tell you that creeps in because mom's very aware that if she gives up any time, it's given up money. So that unfortunately becomes a fight that's unresolved. And I think
2: the boys have been pretty, um, in the beginning, it was like no extra time and they, you know, that's kind of that kind of started where she started digging her own grave. And I think she realized that because now she lets them, you know, go golfing outside of the, you know, like now she's a little more lenient, but in the beginning it was like absolutely no extra time just to prove her point. You know, that I don't know.
1: It's a control thing, you know, with people like that, we're just dealing with control and she's using all of her powers to control you. And that's, and it's sad because she had the affair. Right. And so you wonder sometimes why, but that's we, sometimes you just can't question toxic people. We don't know why they do the things that they do.
0: Yeah. Um, but you know, I, 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 on a positive note, I mean, the way we've dealt with it, it, it excluding communication, not letting her, um, get into our relationship, um, right. makes us way happier. And things like us making each other the most important thing, you know, our relationship kids have just, you know, you've said it on so many podcasts and people that you've spoken to have said it. we've made each other the most important thing and it, the rest just follows, you know,
2: it's, it was funny it's, because when we were, that was one of the things he mentioned when we started dating and, you know, he said, what is the most, he kind of asked, you know, what's the most important thing in a relationship? And I said, well, the kids, because that's, you know, you, that's what you think about when you have kids and, you know, And he said, I think that the relationship between the couple is the most important because then the kids will get the best of you. And it was like such a,
1: it sounded so common sense when he said it. And I was like, huh, okay, well. I love that. I love that. And it's so true because we can't, if we're not happy, we can't be good, happy parents, right? So we have to take care of ourselves first. And like I always say, the kids are going to grow up. They're going to move out. They're going to have their own life and you're left with each other. And so I want to know what do you guys, because I, listen, I have financial struggles too. We all do. And I know what it feels like when money's really, really tight. So how do you guys not allow the tension? Because financial issues and stress over money is the number one problem in marriages everywhere. So how do you not allow that to come into your marriage and affect you when you're stressed about the finances, give us some tips there.
2: So I think that one benefit that we have that just kind of just played a lot of luck into that was that we have we have all the right things in common to accommodate a low budget. So, you know, our house, we bought our house contract for deed, but one hobby that we both share is, you know, finding salvaged goods and you know ben is the handiest person in the world and you know we both have like a design you know we enjoy doing that so you find
0: our house is built out of a salvage it's, yard. it's
2: built out literally out of this there's a salvage Which yard in minneapolis to be fashionable yeah and it's you know it's really artistic so i think you know our house is a little bit more whimsical it's not like you know the you know the it's like our neighbor's houses so it's it's basically we've turned a renovation project into a kind of a do-it-yourself budget art project and we've had and it takes a lot of time and that's kind of how we've filled our nights when we can't afford to go do anything else we'll just put music on and we both love cooking so you know that's you buy you take whatever you have and you put a cooking show on and you you know you just you play around with the things you have in common that don't cost you anything
1: um
0: we're not showy at all we don't no, care what we wear yeah but I,
1: I just think that this is so beautiful that you guys have taken such adversity. I mean, this is a really big deal, you guys. You guys, that's, that's a lot of money and you guys are hurting, yet you're using it to help you grow and to make your relationship stronger. And you know what? I think we can all take a lesson from you because there's times where we sit here and complain that we're bored when we could be thinking you know, of, of fun, interesting things to do that don't cost a lot of money. And so I love what you guys are about. I think that you're really amazing. Thank you. There's this, um,
2: there's this quote and it's from a Charles Swindle book. I believe it was, it was up, I saw it up in in a restaurant once and I've never forgotten it. And I have to tell myself that and I have to bring it up, but it's the quote is life is 10%. What happens to you? 90% how you react to it. Yes. And I, I just, every time I say that in my head, it's like, okay, this is, this is what it is. What are we going to do? And, you know, four of us, my son, his youngest, and then two of us, and we're not super big into star signs, but we're all Gemini's, which is a pretty adaptable sign. And it's a very dramatic sign, but it's adaptable. And, you know, when the four of us are, the four of us are mostly the ones that are together when it's, you know, most of us, but the, you know, everything gets dropped when the kids are around and you just, I mean, you can spend hours in the backyard chipping golf balls, you know, Ben and Hayden like to golf. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, they spend hours doing that and that's free. And the amount of, you know, you have to let there be a mess. You have to let certain things happen. And it's kind of like a goal to see how much you can laugh together, I guess, as, you know, that's free fun and it, you know, it's, it lightens everyone's
1: spirits and it makes you not realize that money thing that's there, you know? Yeah. Well, I love your quote. You know, it reminds me that you just need to be focused on a solution, not the problem, you know, because if we're focused on the problem, the problem grows and we can't figure it out. So I love that. Um, We're approaching the end of the interview and you guys know I always ask everybody the same five questions. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Sure. Okay, great. So question number one is what is the thing that you love most about your blended family?
0: You know, I, I... what I do love about it and things that you don't consider when you have a blended family is that things, there's a rotation of people that come in and out, you know? So, so in other words, we'll have only one kid here. We'll have all the kids here and then we'll no what, kids what, here. Or what <laughs> you have in a blended family, but you don't have anybody else until you make your own, which is coming soon Is you can <laughs> be alone. You know, we get that benefit of being alone, you know, or we can just spoil one of the kids um, because they're the only one home or, you know, I can spoil Kelly because she's the only one home for <laughs> hope, hopefully, I, I,
2: Well, and my son, you know, his dad, we have, we had a very modern, non-traditional, you know, um, relationship. And so it's, it's, we worked out our stuff pretty early on. And so now we don't have a custody arrangement. We don't even have child support. It's just very much, we
1: get along. You know, my son, if he's like, I want to go to dad's, it's like, okay. Doesn't that sound dandy? Oh, that's great. Yeah. You know, don't you wish everybody could experience that, but you know, it's just unfortunate.
2: I know. And it's, you know, and that was a little risky in the beginning, maybe, but we stuck it through. And, you know, now he's old enough where if anything did go wrong, he would kind of call us out on it. But, you know, it's nice because then he can, he can choose. And then if he decides to go to his dad's, then that, and Ben's kids are here that weekend, you know, then Ben has that time with his kids that, that one-on-one, because he doesn't get to see them as much as we see my son. And, you know, so it's the ever-changing groups of people. And, for the most part, we all are generally just trying to get the most fun out of whatever we're doing in those short little bursts. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really hard things, but I think for the most part, it's everybody, the
1: goal is just be silly and don't worry about the mess. Good. Uh, question number two, what is the biggest challenge right now in your blended family? Um, that might be the child support issue, but let me know if it's something else.
0: Um, well, I, I think it is still teenagers and obviously the baby is an interesting issue. You know, teenagers getting, you know, used to the fact that we're having a baby. I think I spoke to Hayden, the the, the boy that I was closest to, and he was like, the biggest thing is, you know, you love Kelly, you don't love mom, so you're going to love this the, the new baby more. Oh. So I've had to go through that and just be absolutely open about it and I said, nothing is going to change the way I love you, you know. It's yeah. so a challenge for us
2: she's also telling them that that's true. Yeah, but. And, and
0: we can't afford fifty dollar haircuts here. We have to do it ourselves. Yeah, but
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's the hardest. The money stuff plays into so many different things. But I think we're, you know, that's getting. Yeah, good.
1: well, it's always challenging bringing a new little human into the world. But it's going to be beautiful. Uh, question number three: If you knew then what you know now, what is one thing you would have done differently when you first blended?
2: to set boundaries, you know, even if it's, you know, whether it's a toxic person or even like in my situation with my son's dad, you know, those boundaries, even in a good relationship, you know, there was a year about four or five years ago where he was acting a little funny. And, you know, I was like, what's going on? You know, and he's like, well, I still love you. And I was like, well, we never really, that's not real. You know, that's not a thing. And it just, you know, that kind of gets into your your new relationship and even if it's in a good way it's kind of like you have to set that boundary cuz i don't you know you don't want someone to get the wrong idea and then especially obviously you have to set boundaries for a toxic person so no matter what the situation i think to cut the toxicity out early to set boundaries no matter what situation you're in i think when you set boundaries you're training the dynamic that you are going to have going forward and you don't always know what that is but the more boundaries the better i think as long as they're you know realistic
1: Yeah, boundaries are super important, and I agree. If you don't do them at the beginning, it makes it much harder to enforce them later on. So definitely, I agree. Uh, When you first blend, definitely set some boundaries. Question number four: What is something you know you're doing right in your blended family? Something that you guys are proud of right now?
0: I think it comes back to putting Kelly first. You know, we did. We started dating, and I said, "Let's go to therapy." And because we were both scared, you know, things that happened to us and we had a great therapist and she set it off on the right foot. She's like, oh, to hell with it. You know, let's, 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 uh, a fair proof of this relationship. So none of you are, let's work through it, you know? Um, but it definitely is putting, you know, Kelly, this relationship first and, from the beginning starting to work with therapy and then then when you're strong it just makes it easier i really believe that's the good thing and
2: you know he had it was a therapist he had been seeing from before you know in his previous marriage and then when there when the affair came out then she kind of refused his ex and just kept him on um, which was really helpful to him and you know that was something he was really upfront about and i mean to be the woman in the situation where the guy you're dating is saying, I go to therapy. I hope that's okay.
1: And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so that, I that's amazing because most people don't go to therapy. So when you can find somebody that's actually taking the steps to better their own mental health, that's a wonderful thing, especially after what you had been through affairs are not easy to get over and you don't want to carry that into a new relationship because we we've got to heal ourselves. Well, and even, you know, even if it's, even if it's, once every six months or
2: once a year. I mean, I, we, just, we're big fans of therapy because it's, it kind of gives you a place to look at and just say, okay, we know that if something gets really out of control and we just don't know what to do, we can go, we can go see her and she'll give us a perspective. You know, it, it's not something, obviously we can't really afford to go at once a month, but like how some, people think it has to be, but if you just have a person like a contact that you, you know, that you can go to, I think it just does, it just worked wonders. And it's been something that has really helped us and we're really proud of it. So
1: that's great. And the last question, number five, if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be?
2: Um, I think again, to create the boundaries that need to be there. Um, so just kind of, Stick up for yourself in a situation, you know, when it comes to the child support, you know, don't hurt yourself because you think it's better. You know, don't, it's, things are oftentimes versus, it's, you have to find the solution. You have and, to
0: respect your new family.
2: Yeah, whether it's there in sight or the not. Pit-
0: your house there, part of your family, but respect your new family. It has to be a priority. You can't let everything else leak into it and puncture it because this is this is this new family is your most important thing. Mm-hmm. And when your kids come over, they're part of that family. So to build a strong new family, um starting with the top of the relationship and going down.
2: Yeah. And you know it's as far as you know the from a step parent side of it, you kind of in a blended family you kind of have an idea of how you want it to go. And this is actually how the podcast helped me was just to step back and oh, yeah. look at what the kids are really, you know, what are they dealing with on the other side, especially now that we've learned, you know, this in our situation, it was with a toxic person. So, you know, I had all these great intentions and I got along really well with the kids, but there were still hard things. And it was like, I would let it get to me. And it's like, you just have to step back a little bit. They don't and really let them help.
0: Let them help you a little especially bit, especially when they're older, what they, yeah. what they think should be you know if if you listen to their opinions like i think we know i feel left out or you know they can help you with a lot you know you don't have to lay down all the rules um you lay down the rules but you listen to their you know their input on you know what they need from this you know it's important
2: they're gonna need different things from you otherwise
0: they'll before they shut down (laughs)
1: yeah well you guys that is just wonderful advice and i loved all of your tips today you guys had a story that I know is going to help a lot of people. Now, I know, Ben, you are in our private Facebook group. To the listeners, if you're not already a part of the group, go right now to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. Become a member so that way you can get involved in the conversation over there. But Ben, I will tag you in this post when this show comes out so that way anybody that wants to contact you or connect with you guys, maybe for some advice or some help, they can do that. And I know that you offered that because you want to help people. So I just want to thank you both so much for coming on the show today to share your story. Thank you. It was
0: our pleasure. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.